have your Bibles quickly, Hebrews chapter number 4. That is the opening verse for the scripture today. God is a good God. Amen. Amen. Hebrews chapter number 4, I read from verse number 14 to verse number 16. Then we will go into the word of the day. The Bible says, saying then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. But with it all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. If you have the NKJV and you have verse number 16, can you read it with me? Read it with me. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. One more time. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need spirit of the living god we thank you for the entrance of your word gives light and gives understanding we ask even as we hear your word that there will be deliverance in this house and there will be healing and there will be lord jesus even the change of mind we thank you father for your healing power thank you father for your word that will come we give you the praise and all the thanks in jesus name amen. let us just say amen what I want to share with you today, I want to encourage you to do your own study. If you have the time this week, you might go on Google or go onto one of your um, commentaries or lexicon and do a search on the word, the throne of God and open heavens. The reason why I'm asking you to do that is because there are so many things, so many places in the Bible you find the word open heaven and the throne of God and I really wanted to do justice because I do not have all of these references on my notes. So in your own time, I'd like for you to do your own study. Study open heavens and also the throne of God. Amen. The title, of course, you saw the fly as it was, somebody say open heaven. Open heaven. The Redeemed Christian Church of God, I believe, he said that they do it as a conference or uh, like a reading material. But I, I know they do something about open heavens. Um, and it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's quite biblical. It's very, very biblical. But I, if there is a hope in heaven, then there is a shut heaven. If there is a hope in heaven, then there is a closed heaven. <laughs> uh, somebody say hope in heaven. And, and, and that's the unction we're going to be under today. For many of you that looks like your heaven has been shut, I, I want you to give me your attention today because I believe that today the Lord will crack open the heavens in the name of Jesus. Amen. There was such a thing as the cracking of the heavens, the word is kara. Uh, you probably might, might see that in the scriptures, the opening of the heavens. The word opening is the word aruba. Um, uh, yeah, aruba, those, those people like to travel in your mind, you're thinking of a destination journey. Uh, but the word aruba is the word window in the Hebrew. The word to crack the heavens is the word kara. The same word used in the scriptures when Noah, in the time of Noah, went the heavens and the earth. 
in the Bible speaks of how the, 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 the heavens was cracked open and the waters from the heavens and beneath the earth came forth. All right, so what I want to do today with you today, I want to give you some scriptures. I'm going to break this into open heavens and the, the title really is the throne of God. To understand the throne of God, you must understand it's from a monarchy mindset. The, the throne symbolizes the monarchy. It, it is not a, a politics. It is monarchy. And um, when we get there, we're probably going to go. Quickly, if you have your Bibles, quickly, let's look at the book of Genesis chapter number 7, verse number 11. Um, I may not wait for you. I might just read all of the scriptures and then join you much later. Genesis chapter number 7, verse 11. I'm going to talk about open heaven. Then I'm going to talk about the throne room of God. Somebody say the throne room of God. And, and, and you must understand, when I use the word, the throne of God, when I use the word heaven, and I said the last time, a lot of us look at heaven like a place that God leaves. Um, but we'll, we'll, when we get there, we'll look at the scriptures. The Bible says in Genesis 7:11, in the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, it is 17th day of the month, the same day where all the fountains of the great deep was broken up, and the windows of heaven were opened and we do understand that the word windows of heaven is an analogy or a symbol or you could call it a similitude um, heaven don't really have a window per se but when the writer used the word the windows of heaven it speaks of an opening somebody say an opening it speaks of an opening so the bible says you know the windows of heaven was open this was the time of noah in malachi chapter number three verse number 10 you know the scripture already the bible says bring here all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house and provide and prove me now therein said the lord of hosts if i will not open you the windows of heaven God promises to open the windows of heaven to those who will give him tithing. So that was an open window for those of us who are, you know, deliberate about giving to the things of God. There is an open heaven. Therefore means that for some reason, if we don't give to God in tithing, then there's a short heaven. It is scripture. It's a Bible. The Bible says, prove me. The only time in the Bible God says to prove me is the scripture. God says, put me to the test. If I will not crack open the windows of heaven. That there might be overflow for you. So it seems to me, if we don't do as God says, then we are under shut heavens or closed heaven. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter number 28, verse number 12. I'm giving you scriptures about hope in heaven. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 12. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give you rain into your land in its season. And to bless all the work of your hand, you shall lend to many nations, and you shall not borrow. i read that scripture again. Amen. The Lord will open to you his good treasure. Say amen. amen. The Bible says the heavens, to give you rain, to, to give rain to your land in its season. The Lord promised to give us rain in our land in its season. You can imagine you trusting God for rain. In the rainy season and there is no rain. Your crops will die. You are trusting God for a harvest and there is no rain to water your seed. But the Lord said that I will open up the heavens for you that there might be rain in your land. Amen. John chapter number 1 verse 51. Still reading scriptures. 
And he said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. This was when Jesus had a time with Nathanael. So Jesus said that the heaven will be open and he will see the Son, the angels, to and fro. Second Kings chapter number 7, verse 1 and verse number 2. All the scriptures, just write it down, do your own study. Hear the word of the Lord, thus says the Lord. Tomorrow, about this time, a seal of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel, and two seals of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. So the officer on whose land, whose hand the king leaned, answered the man of God and said, Look, if the Lord would make the windows in heaven, could this thing be? And he said, In fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat. That there is a window of heaven. There is an opening in heaven. And whenever the Bible speaks of an open window, it speaks of a blessing that pours from heaven. Amen. Amen. Somebody say a blessing. blessing. That flows from heaven. In Revelation chapter number 4, I'm going to spend time in Revelation today because that is the scripture that talks about the throne of God. In Revelation chapter number 4, verse number 1, After these things I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven. So we see a window in heaven and we see a door in heaven. So heaven is like a whole house. Amen. A door standing in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying, come up here and I will show you the things which must shortly take place after this. Isaiah chapter number 64 verse number 1. The Bible says that you would rend, somebody say rend. The word rain, you know, a lot of times when I pray, I say, Lord God, crack the heavens. The word rain is the word kara, which means to break, which means to cut, which means to open up. Rain the heavens that you would come down, that the mountains might shake at your presence. Ezekiel chapter number one, verse number one. I'm giving you scriptures because I want to preach. Now it came to pass in the 13th year, in the fourth month, on the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives by the river Chiba, Bible says that the heavens were opened and I saw the vision of God. Somebody say open heaven. Alright. Genesis chapter number 8 verse number 2. The Bible says the fountains of the deep, the fountains of the deep under and the windows of heaven up there were also stopped and the rain from heaven was restrained. Finally, about open heavens, Acts chapter number 10, verse number 11. And saw opened, and saw heaven opened, and an object like a great sheet bound on the four corners, ascending to him and led down to the earth. This was Peter's trance when the Bible says that the heaven was open and uh, they saw the, and the Lord says, kill and eat. So we can understand from scripture that a heaven can be open. And whenever God opens the heaven, two things happen. It's either he brings rain or you find angels. Are you hearing me, church? When there is an open heaven, God sends rain to the earth to water the land, or God opens it to a supernatural dimension of his majesty. In open heaven, we see angelic activities. In open heaven, we see the rain of God pour upon the earth. 
And that's why we have to understand when we pray about open heavens, we are saying, God, send rain upon our land. And it seems to me that if there is an open heaven, there is also a closed heaven. A closed heaven is when heaven is silenced, about, a silence on you or at you. God, please. And God is like, Boop. A closed heaven means that your prayers did not even hit the ceiling. Closed heaven means it's shut. Closed heaven means that you're doing everything so, Lord, please, I'm begging and nothing is shifting. Closed heaven, uh, you can almost call it like there are, there are systems in place that, that fight against the ascension of your words and prayers. As you pray, guess that your ceiling comes back. And I said to a friend of mine not too long ago, I said to him, I think a lot of believers, our prayers are precipitated. They are, they are somewhere up there, suspended. And it's interesting because we are asking God for results, but it hasn't got to heaven yet. Lord, I've been praying for this thing for the last one month. Put it just above your head. It didn't go to heaven. Open heaven speaks of God's outpour, God's downpour. But it's interesting that the context of open heaven I want to talk about today is the throne room. Somebody said the throne room. How many of you understand what a throne is? I'm not talking about what you think, what you, what you, what you understand by the word throne. How many of you watch Game, Game of Thrones? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I know someone who watched Game of Thrones, so much so that he also had a hoodie, Game of Thrones. <laughs> This man watched Game of Thrones. They gave him a trophy. It's a member of the Brook Place. It's fixing the sound. Emmanuel watched all. <laughs> they gave him a trophy, a hoodie. <laughs> Thank you for watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> all right, okay, let's talk. So a lot of times people ask, what, what, what do we understand by the word thrones? You know, what is thrones really? You know. There are two ways to look at the word thrones in scripture. There is a literal physical throne where someone sits, but throne also speaks of dignitaries as well. Amen. When you hear the word thrones, you'll see the word things like angels, and because the word throne is the word ache, which means angelic powers. So we're going to look at the scriptures today, what the throne room really means. A lot of us have rooms in our homes where we just spend time to pray. And we call it our sacred room. Actually, <laughs> uh, we call it a sacred room. I, I want to laugh at my wife. You know, I love you, babe. I want to say something. She's like, babe, what have I done again today? You haven't done it. She has, a, she has a special place in her room where you don't go close. You don't, don't go there. So special. <laughs> and I want to say, don't, no, don't, don't, don't. She has a, she has a special, special place in her house. And she puts something on the chair. <laughs> and she said, don't ever touch this thing. This is my holy ground. Yes, ma. But the word throne room, let's look at scripture. It's a place where the throne of God is really. And I want to make you understand the throne of God and the throne of Christ. They are two different things. God, do not forgive sins. God, do not forgive sins. A judge's sin. Because it is impossible for God to forgive sin and remain faithful God. In order for God to forgive sin, he has to compromise his own righteousness. Because the whole idea of God is to judge. 
But there was a space in God that do not just sin, but have mercy for those who sin. Amen. Oh, Lord, the throne we're going to talk about today. When we have the idea of God as a forgiver, it messes up the whole idea of who he is really. Because the whole idea of God in heaven, it looks upon sin and just sin. Because God is so righteous that he cannot stand sin. As he sees sins, he judges sin. Are, are you hearing me, church? And, and God said, you know what? I cannot look upon the sin of man and pretend that it's not sinful. Are you hearing me, church? In order to forgive the sin of man, I have to become man. Do you know that God will never forgive angels? There is no second chance for angels. Because in order for God to forgive angels, he has to become an angel. And that's the reason why Jesus in heaven is a full-time man. Because only men can make intercession for men. God don't pray for men. So the Bible calls him this man in heaven. So it's not... It's not just fully God. It's, we call it the upostatically. It's fully God, but also fully man. It is the man's side of God that forgives our sins. The God's side of God judges our sin. So the justice of God is that he looks upon sin and would judge sin. But the mercy seat. Somebody say the mercy seat. The mercy seat. I'll talk about that maybe the, the Lord allows me. Do you know that's a real seat? It's a, it's a seat. It's a mercy seat. And if it's a seat, someone has to sit on it. But in the Old Testament, no one qualified to sit on the seat. Why? Because the, there was no, the, there was a continuous sacrifice that did not take sin away. So all the high priests would have to consistently, again and again, repeat the same sacrifice. So they cannot sit down. Bible says this one man, having done all, sat down. The question, where is Jesus sitting at the moment? God, let your word come with power. They will hear the meaning of your word. In the Old Testament, the Jews understood what a throne was. They understood the whole idea of a throne is the judgment of God, the justice of God. So when they hear the word throne, what comes to mind is God's judgment. God is judging a people. God is judging a city. God is judging a nation. So the Old Testament concept of judgment is God on a throne and God is judging. Actually, to understand the whole idea in the scriptures, you're going to find in the Bible in the main, what the word throne is and where is the throne. You know, if you look at the scriptures, because of time, I'm going to go quickly. I don't have the time to be doing Greek exegesis today. If I, if I start doing exegesis, we'll be here till tomorrow. All right. Matthew chapter number 5, verse 34. Catch what the Bible says. The Bible says, but I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is where? God's throne. So the throne of God is in, somebody say heaven. The Bible says in Isaiah 66 verse number 1. The Bible says the heaven is my throne. And the earth is my footstool. In Psalms chapter number 11 verse number 4. The Bible says the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. The Lord's throne is in heaven. 
Hebrews chapter number 8 verse number 1. The Bible says, now this is the main point of the things which we are saying. We have such a great high priest who is seated at the right hand of the what? The right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven. God, I pray that they hear your word. I pray that this will bless them. Do you know that Jesus at the moment is not sitting on his throne? He is on the right side of his father's throne. The Bible says that when Gabriel came to the woman and said to the woman that blessed is he amongst women and blessed is the fruit and you shall bring forth the child and son and he will sit on the throne of his father, David. At the time that the word was given, there was no Davidic throne. It was the Romans who ruled. So if the prophecy came that Jesus will sit on the throne of David, it speaks of a time when Jesus will sit on his own throne. If you look through the scriptures, Jesus is always at the right side of his father's throne. Not his throne. Look at the scriptures. Know what you find in the Bible, Jesus sits on his own throne. Because his throne hasn't come yet. The throne of Jesus will come in the millennial kingdom. Where he will sit on the throne of his father David. At the moment, he's on his father's throne, the right side of his father's throne. You know the reason why? I will tell you why. Because the throne of God, like I mentioned before, is the throne of justice. It's the throne that judges sin. The right side of the throne is where you have the mercy seats. It's the throne of mercy. You find it in Hebrews in a moment. So that when the devil brings an accusation against you, it's on the right side of the father saying mercy, mercy, mercy. Mercy. When God wants to judge the sinner, God says mercy. So the right side of the Father's throne is the throne of mercy. The mercy seat. Are you following me? Have a picture of a throne. And I'm going to share with you the reason why this will bless your life today. And what happens in that place that you call the, the, the throne room. It's a room. The throne room is a room where you, you just come into the room and see the majesty of God. And... May that, may that case work in your favor. Amen. Favor. And give me money, okay? Amen. Are you hearing me? Amen. Are you hearing me? I need the money. <laughs> okay. Because it will work in your favor. Amen, church. Amen. All right, quickly. What is the throne of God? The throne of God is the place of power and authority. You find that in 2 Chronicles chapter number 18, verse 18, if you have your Bibles, it's on the screen. 2 Chronicles chapter number 18, verse number 18. The throne of God, we say that it's a place of authority and power. It's a place of authority and of power. 2 Chronicles chapter number 18, verse 18, you can do your own study. Now the throne of God, the throne room of God, now is the place of majesty and honor. Somebody say majesty and honor. It's a place of majesty and honor. The Bible says that when Jesus ascended to heaven, the Bible says he sat at the right hand of God, the throne of God in Hebrews 12 verse number 2. Now there is no other place higher than that dimension of power. The throne of God is also a place of perfect justice. Somebody say perfect justice. That throne of God, there is no grace. 
hear me? Because the justice doesn't favor grace. Grace means you've escaped your penal consequences. Justice means you pay for it. But I didn't say the throne of Christ. Hear me. Perfect justice means that you sin, you pay. Are you hearing me, church? It's a place of perfect justice. There are no biases. God looks at evil and judge evil. He looks at good works and judge good work. It's a place of perfect justice. And that's the reason why this Jesus at the right side of the Father, it, 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 it changes the old dynamics of God's, God's you call it field DC. The punishment of God, of, of man on the earth, is because, it, it, it's because of his justice. But the mercy of God means that because he has paid for man. Now hear me. On the cross, Jesus was not a sinner. Are you hearing me, church? A lot of people teach that, oh, while he was, went to the cross, he was, you know, he was, he was not a sinner on the cross. He was sin. He who knew no sin. He became the sin. He didn't become a sinner. He became the very, the very context of sin so that you might become the righteousness of God. So on the cross, it was not a sinner on the cross. On the cross, it became the very object of sin. So that you might... Do you know what the word grace means? I will use the acronym. God's riches at Christ's expense. When God sees you, he sees the riches of his son at the death of his son. When God sees you, he sees you holy. No, no, no. You didn't hear what I said. When God sees you, he sees you holy at the expense of his, the life of his son. So justification doesn't mean that you're without sin. It only declares you without sin. Justification declares you doesn't make you. It is sanctification that makes you sinless. Okay, maybe Bible study, you have to do your homework. Amen. Amen. God's throne is a place of sovereignty and holiness. Sovereignty and holiness. Let me, let me, let me clarify some, some idea about the sovereignty of God. And a lot of times the reformed mind have an extreme about God's sovereignty. Forgive what I want to say. I, I'll sound a bit theological now. The reformed community says sovereignty as only salvic or salvific as, or salvation. But the idea of sovereignty is not just salvation, it's glory. Sovereignty means that God can do what he likes to do because he's God. Are you hearing me, church? The sovereignty of God means that if God says this microphone is white, it's white. In the sovereignty of God, it is you that would have to believe what God says. Because he's sovereign. Do what's sovereign for the word sovereign. It reigns over your thoughts. Are you hearing me, church? The sovereignty of God means that God can excuse you while others fail. The sovereignty of God means that you don't qualify for the role, but God calls you out and says you are singled out. Sovereignty means breaking protocols. 
that God can do what God only God can do. I will tell you, God will tell you, oh, I am God, I do what I want to do, and you don't have a choice. A servant means that it can, in the midst of lack, God can bring you out and say, You are exceptional. Are you hearing me, church? So when the Bible says that God is sovereign, it means that God can, because of me, change the narrative. Where others have failed, you will come out as a successor. Ask you how? It is because of God's sovereignty. Amen. Amen. It, it is God's sovereignty that will give you that job without your qualification. God will tell the manager, for this one sake, I'm breaking protocols. Amen. God's throne is a place of praise. If I had the revelation, we're probably going to read it in a moment. God's throne is a place of purity. God's throne is a place of eternal life. I'll read the last one, then we'll go to Revelation chapter number four. God's throne is a place of grace. Now let's look at Revelation chapter number four, the throne scripture. Revelation chapter number four is interesting because 14 times the word throne was used in that chapter only. About 58 times the word throne is used in Revelation. But 97% of the time throne was used, it was used in Revelation chapter number 4. If you have your Bibles, I want to explain to you Revelation chapter number 4. This part, I want you to follow me word for word. Amen. Amen. So this is Bible study and it's not preaching. Amen. Amen. I was thirsty. Let's go. After these things, what things? What things? This is chapter number four. After these things, what things? The church. Chapter number two and three of the book of Revelation speaks of the seven churches. The word after, the word metatauta, after these things, after the seven churches, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pagamos, Sardis, Fiatara, Philadelphia, Laodicea, after these things, the church was on the earth, the seven churches. I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven. Now, this is John. This is the apostle John. This is the apostle John. Now, hear me. Remember the Bible says God gave Jesus, Jesus gave an angel, an angel gave John, John gave to the pastors of the church. This is John writing. He said again, after I've written the letters to the seven churches. The book of Revelation is classified into three, into three categories. If you can give me Revelation 119 there. I want to help you understand how to read Revelation. People say to me, Apostle, please teach us Revelation. You're not ready for that. Now, Revelation chapter number 1, verse 19 will give us the classification of the book. If you have the Bible. Revelation 1, 19. Let's, let's read together so you understand what John was saying. Now, this is going to be probably Bible study. Okay? Write the things which you have seen. The things which are. And the things which will shortly take place after this. Revelation is split into the things which you have seen. Chapter 1. The things which are at the moment. Chapter 2 and 3. The churches. 
and the things that will shortly take place after this, after the churches. So in chapter number four, the Bible says, after this. Again, chapter number one was the vision of Jesus. John saw the revelation of Jesus. In chapter number two, which the things which are, were the seven churches, because the letter was to the seven churches. And the things which will shortly take place after this, after the seven churches. Are you hearing me, church? So chapter number one is the revelation of Christ. Chapter number two and three is the church that was present. Chapter number four is what takes place after the church. Are you following me? So Paul spent chapter 2 and 3 to give the commendation and condemnation of the seven churches. Now when John was through with the seven churches, in chapter 4, the Bible says, after these things, after chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3, I looked and behold a door standing in heaven. Now Paul, John is about to transition to heaven. He was on the earth all this while. The churches were on the earth. Now the Lord is saying that there are things you want to talk about in heaven. Amen, church. The Bible said the things, and, and the vo first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying, come up here. Somebody say, come up. Come up. The word come up is the word I send, is the word anabino, which means that John had documented the things that were on the earth. But there were things that are in the heaven that he has to document. And the Bible says that there was an invitation that it should come up to the heavens. The Bible says, come up here and I will show you the things which must take place after this. After the church, there were things that would take place. And that's the reason why, as you look at the book of Revelation... Chapter number one speaks of the church. Chapter number two and chapter number one speaks of the risen Christ. Chapter two and three speaks of the seven churches. Chapter four to chapter number 16. I can put you one category, but we'll break it. Chapter number four speaks of the throne room. Chapter number five speaks of the lamb that was slain. Chapter number 6 to 19 speaks of the tribulation. Chapter 20 speaks of the millennial kingdom. Chapter 21 and 22 speaks of the new heaven and the new earth. Start again. Chapter number one of Revelation speaks of the resurrected Christ. John documented the hair of Jesus, the feet of Jesus, the eyes of Jesus. He documented the resurrected Christ. In chapter two and three, he documented the seven churches. In chapter four, he documented the throne room of God. In chapter number five, he saw Jesus as a lamb that was slain. In chapter number six to 19, he documented the tribulation. He documented what will happen on the earth because the church is taken. In chapter number 20 and 21, he documented documented the millennial kingdom and the new Jerusalem. So in chapter number four, John wants to give us a sneak preview of what the throne room is like. Amen. Amen. Remember the church was on the earth. Now John is talking about heaven. So let's see what happens in this throne room, this amazing throne room. Then the Bible says in verse number two, immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne set in heaven and one sat on the throne. Now follow me slowly. 
Bible says, immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. Who sat on the throne? Bible study. Who sat on the throne? <laughs> Why are you afraid? Are you sure it's Jesus? You've seen a moment. I wonder how he will sit on the throne in chapter number four, whereas in chapter number five he was slain. Read the scripture with me. The Bible says in verse number three, and he who sat on the throne was like a jasper, a sardius stone in appearance, and there was no rain, and there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. In verse number four, around the throne were 24 thrones. Around this one throne, there were 24 thrones. Bible says uh, there were 24 thrones, and the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white robes and they had crowns of gold on their heads and from the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices seven lambs of fire were burning before the throne which are in the seven which are the seven spirits of God see look see how uh, I mean it's so much so much going on on the throne first in first John saw a man on the throne sitting on the throne let me make it as a throne throne then he saw 24 extra thrones around the one throne. And the 24 extra thrones are the elders. And the elders is symbolic of the church. And not just that. The Bible said there were 24 elders on the throne. And on this throne, there were lightnings and thunderings and voices. I mean, this is a very busy throne. Very, very busy throne. The Bible says in verse number 5. And from the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. Seven lambs of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Before the throne was a sea of glass. One throne. A sea of glass like crystal. And in the midst of the, midst of the throne, the Bible says that in the midst of the throne, and around the throne were four living creatures. One throne. All these many things. One throne. Surrounded by 24 thrones. One throne has thunders and lightnings and all this. One throne. One throne. The first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature was like a calf. The third living creature was the face of a man. The fourth living creature was a flying eagle. I don't have the time to explain to you the symbolism of these creatures. But you find these four faces in the book of Ezekiel. Follow me closing. The Bible speaks of the faces that were in the, of the cherubims. One was the face of a lion. One was the face of an ox. One was the face of a man. And one was the face of an eagle. This is the face of the gospel. Hear me church. The face of the gospel. Matthew was written to the Jews. Matthew sees Jesus as the lion of the tribe of Judah. Mark was written to the Romans. Mark sees Jesus as a suffering servant and ox. Luke was written to the Greek. Luke sees Jesus as a man. And John was written to the church and he sees Jesus as an eagle. Follow me slowly again. Matthew was written to the Jews. It presents Jesus as the Meshach Nagid, as the lion of the tribe of Judah, the face of a lion. The Mark sees Jesus as a suffering servant, a calf. So he presents Jesus as an ox. Luke sees Jesus as a man, the physician. And he presents Jesus as a man. And John sees him as an eagle. That is the reason why in Matthew, and look at the genealogy of Matthew. It starts all the way from Abraham. Why? Abraham was the first Jew. 
In the book of Mark, there is no genealogy. Why? Because Mark sees him as a servant. Servants have no pedigree. In the book of Luke, he starts all the way from Adam. Why? Adam was the first man. And in the book of John, he sees him as an eagle. Ladies and gentlemen, hear me. That is the reason why recent discovery has found out that Revelation was written before the book of John. John is the only one who says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. But John was only able to document God like that because he met God in Patmos. Ah, the book of John was written after Revelation. Actually, the book, the first book that was written of John was Revelation, then the Epistles, and then the Gospel. Are you following me, church? Matthew recorded what Jesus said in Verbatim. Matthew was a tax collector. He, was a, he did shorthand. So he recorded what Jesus said, word for word, and it's the longest, longest Gospel. Mark sees Jesus as a servant. He recorded what Jesus did. Luke recorded what he felt. And John recorded who he was. That is the reason why when you look at the book of Numbers chapter number 2, the Bible speaks about how the camp of Israel had to camp around the tabernacle. There were four tribes that had to camp. The first camp, the first tribe was the tribe of, tribe of Judah. Tribe of Judah was in the east. It had the face of a lion on his flag. Tribe of Ephraim was on the west, had the face of an ox on his flag. Tribe of Dan was on at the north, has the face of an eagle on his flag. And the tribe of Reuben, like a man, had the face of a man than the flag. So the Bible speaks in Revelation where the, the word creatures is the word zoom. The word creatures is not a beast. The word creatures are the cherubims. Are the cherubims. Hear me again, like I said to you the last time. There is no place in the Bible that tells us angels have wings. The only winged creatures to find in the Bible are seraphims and cherubims. And the reason for their wings is to see. Because in God, there is, God doesn't turn. So I had eyes all over the wing because God cannot turn. There is no invariableness in God. He cannot turn, so he had eyes everywhere. Anyway, let's look at the scripture. This will help you. The Bible says, these are four creatures. In verse number eight, the four living creatures having six wings. You read it in the book of, of, of Ezekiel. Two wings cover the face. Two wings cover the leg and two wings they flew. The Bible says, the four living creatures having six wings. We are full of eyes around and within. And they do not rest day or night. They say, Holy, holy, holy. You know, God help me today. You know, you hear this saying that when the church go to heaven, we're going to be saying holy, holy, holy. It is the creatures that will do it. Okay. It is okay. Holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty, who was, is, and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to the one who sits on the throne, who lives forever, the 24 elders fell down before him who sits on the throne. What the elders did was to prostrate. What the creatures did was to say, holy, holy, holy. Ah. 
So when we sing a song, oh glorious God, praise your name, we lay our crowns. And what it is the elders that lay their crowns. It's a sound of worship latrio. It's a sign of reverence. So when the angels say, holy, 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 the elders lay their crowns. Oh, glorious God, we praise your name. We lay our crowns and we worship you. Amen. This happening in the holy in the holy in the in the throne room. And the Bible says in verse number 11, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by you they all exist and were created. Now, if you look at chapter number four, you find so many things going on in the in the throne room, and you would wonder, but who is this one who sits on the throne? Who is he? And a lot of you say it was Jesus. Who is he? I thought the last time John saw Jesus in chapter number one, he saw Jesus with the hair and the bruising body. But what we see here is the, 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 the stones of Emerald and the stones of Sardius. But in chapter five, we give us clarity. In chapter five, now John takes us out of the throne room and shows us what is going on there. The Bible says in verse number one of chapter number five, and I saw in the right hand, follow me church, I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll. So the one who sat on the, scroll, on, the, on the throne had a scroll. Somebody say a scroll. A scroll is a book that is folded like this. It's a scroll. Amen. So the one who sat on the throne we just read now had a scroll. On his right hand. But guess what the Bible said? A scroll on the right hand. A scroll written inside and the back. But the scroll was sealed with seven seals. Amen. Seven seals sealed the scroll. In order for you to open the scroll, you must break the seal. Remember I told you, the one who sat on the throne held the scroll. If the one who sat on the throne held the scroll, then the one who qualified to open the scroll is not the one who sat on the throne. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and lose its seal? John rise and no one in heaven. Oh God, the Lord showed me what yesterday as I prepared. Hear me. And there was no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or look at it. The Lord yesterday, when I was in Holland yesterday, I, I, as I sat down, I began to ask the Lord God, what do you mean that no man was able to open the scroll? This scroll was a scroll of judgment. But no one was able to open the scroll in heaven, on earth, and beneath the earth. It means that the scroll is sealed that nothing can open the scroll. If nothing can open the scroll of judgment, why do you think that you can lose the scroll of your salvation? He didn't hear what I said. If nothing can open the scroll of judgment, why do you think that you can lose your scroll of salvation? Uh, 
No one qualified to open this judgment scroll. The Bible says, so no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll. So the man, I don't want to give you the name now, the man who sat on the throne had the scroll on his right hand, but no one qualifies to open the scroll or break the seal. The only one who will qualify to open the scroll has to be someone that has no sin in him. So, in heaven, on earth, and beneath the earth, it means that no one is holy, but one. The angels cannot open the scrolls. The bishops cannot open the scroll. But the Bible says in verse 5, But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and lose it. So the elder said to Jonah that the lion of the tribe of Judah, who is that? If Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah who qualifies to open the scroll, it means that he is not the one who sits on the throne. So someone sat on the throne with the scroll. The one who is from everlasting to everlasting. The one who is the creator of creation. The one who they call Yahweh sat on the throne. The one who is a spirit sat on the throne. The one who they cannot have a, a pictorial description of him. They use light sat on the throne. In him is light. Bible says that God dwells in the lights. So he sat on the throne. Now one thing you must understand. When you hear the stones of Sadios and Reuben. These are th- stones that they call Hunim and Purim. Urim and Tumim. These are the light that is on the chest of the priest. These are the light that transcends on the chest of a priest. God is a spirit. And that that's the reason why John could not use any anthropomorphic value to compare the, the, the Lord. So if John said there was someone on the throne who had no bodily presentation, it has to be God. A spirit was on the throne. And all through scriptures, they never get, they call him, they use the gender noun, but they never called him a he or a her. But the whole idea is that it is a spirit that sat on the throne, and the spirit was presented or represented by lightnings and thunderings and trumpets and sound, not by a person, but he held the scroll there. And the Bible says that no one was worthy to open the scroll, but he who was slain before the foundations of the world was worthy to open the the scroller. Let me flip this thing in one moment and let me say to you ladies and gentlemen, I do not know what has sealed your destiny. I don't know who sealed your finances. I don't know who sealed your health and say that you'll be sick for the rest of your life. I don't know who tied your children and tied your money and tied your finances and they said no one can open the scroll. I've come to prophesy that this very day God is about to open the scroll and read out your blessing Say yes, Lord. Be seated. And this afternoon, while we flew down, I began to ask the Lord God what is meant. And God began to tell me, Son, I am the scroll opener. 
for many of you whose destinies have been written before the foundations of the world. God wrote your destiny and God called you a millionaire. God wrote your destiny and God says you are wealthy. God wrote your destiny and God said there is no sickness in your body. God wrote your destiny and said you move from glory to glory. But all of a sudden, some demon woke up and tried to shut you down. And God says, tell them son that I am the opener of the scroll. I prophesy everything that has been locked in your life. Jesus is opening today. Say yes, Lord. He opened the scroll. He opened the scroll. And the Bible says, and I looked and behold, the Bible says in verse number five, but no one of the elders said, do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed. Listen, now that we are here, I'll be very careful. Jesus is the root of David. Are you here in church? I will say this in passing. Anyone who says to you that they are the David. It is the spirit of the Antichrist. Anyone who says to you that they are the one that was prophesied that will sit on that throne. That tells you that they are the one that was prophesied. It is the spirit of the Antichrist that is at work. That is trying to... Do you know what Antichrist means? Antichrist is not opposite of Christ. No. The word anti is called pseudo-Christos. In place of Christ. Antichrist is not opposite of Christ. The real word is the word pseudo-Christos. Which means in place. The one that takes the place of another. Mm, the devil is a liar. <laughs> oh, no one. Bible said, but one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and lose its seven seals. And the Bible says, The verse says, And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne and the living creatures, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb. stood a lamb as though it had been slain having seven horns and seven eyes which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth ladies and gentlemen hear me the Bible says and I looked and behold her Bible says in the midst are seven living creatures and, and, and them in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain having seven horns and seven eyes which are the seven spirits of God sent to the earth then he came and took the scroll. Hear me? He came and took the scroll out. He can't get the scroll from his hand. He had to take the scroll from someone else's hand. The title is not the throne room of Jesus. It is the throne room of God. But Jesus is on the, at the right side of his father and Jesus hear me the tribulation is not from the devil persecution is from the devil 
Tribulation is from the Lord. Tribulation is the Lord punishing the earth. Persecution is the unbelievers testing the Christians. Then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. So someone sat on the throne and the Bible calls him a masculine noun, a him. Jesus, God is a spirit. You hear me, church? But when the translation is used of God, it's used as a masculine noun, him. Anyone who tells you God is a woman, run. Are you hearing me, church? God is not a woman. God doesn't wear lipstick. And the current charismatic church, we've effeminated God. We've made God a weakling. We've made God wear wig and, and, and foundation. And that's why we, 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 we see Jesus as a weak Jesus. And we paint Jesus flapping his fingers. He's a he and he's a king. The Bible says, <laughs> I like it. Then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him. Bible says in verse number eight. Now, when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb. They fell down before the Lamb. Remember, they were before the throne. Now they are before the Lamb. Ladies and gentlemen, hear me. The four twenty-four elders and the creatures that was before the throne of God. They were around the throne of God, and all of a sudden, one that looked like a lamb that was slain who qualified to take the scroll when the elders and the creatures realized that the one who took the scroll from the hand of the one who sat on the throne is like the one who sat on the throne they turned their gaze and they fell before the lamb ladies and gentlemen hear me they were worshipping God in one moment and all of a sudden they saw Jesus come and the same ones who worshipped him also worshipped Jesus ladies and gentlemen the same one who worshipped the father worshipped the son Bible says, and they fell before the Lamb, each having a harp or golden bowls of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll. And as I look at the scriptures, God says to me, Son, do you not realize that in the throne room, this is the place where God takes scrolls? Next week, Sunday. Are you hearing me? I will come. It is not fetish. I will come with the Ark of the Covenant. I will put it on this altar. Are you hearing me? I hear holy smoke. Mm. I will come with the Ark of the Covenant. I will put it on this altar. Yes, there's a little Ark in my house. I will bring the Ark of the Covenant with the cherubim. Yes, I will put it on this altar. And you have an assignment for next Sunday. We want to write a scroll of the you want to write a scroll of your life you want to write I am born to be wealthy I am born to be rich no sickness in my whatever you put on that ark God will hear Today I, le I left my office. I took my chauffeur. I said, Lord, I want to blow the chauffeur. God says, no, do not blow the chauffeur today. Blow the chauffeur next week. Blow the chauffeur the next time when you gather. Blow the chauffeur as you put this on the altar. As you put the school. What do you want to do next Sunday? In your time, in your houses, you have seven days. 
Write your scroll. Do you know what a scroll is? I'll tell you. Write a sheet, a sheet of paper and fold it like this. He will hold it on Sunday and he will drop it in the ark. Let me say what I, let me tell you what I'm saying. I am bringing a, a real ark. You think I'm joking? Have you seen my ark? Oh, God's ark. Yeah, she brought it from, from Israel. You will come on Sunday, fold your, you will fold your scroll. Your scroll is what you've asked God. God, this is what I want in my life. Some call it prayer points, but I call it scrolls. And put it there. The Bible says, uh, and they sang a new song, saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open his seal, for you were slain and you have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongues and people and nation. And the Bible says in verse 10, and have made us, somebody said, made us, and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on where? He didn't say heaven. You're not reigning in heaven. You're not reigning in heaven because heaven is coming to the earth. It is on the earth that he will rule as king on his throne. So when you die you won't go to heaven and stay for life. No, you're going to come down on the earth and reign with him on the earth because he will be king on the earth. Are you hearing church? In heaven is his father's throne, not his throne. On earth is his throne. On earth you be called kings. Because on the earth it is not politics, it is monarchy. Are you hearing me, church? Are you? Are you? Are you? Are you? Are you? How, how do you think you're going to judge angels? How? 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 How do you think you would, you would, and have made us kings and priests to our God? You, we have been made kings and priests to our God, and we shall. This is the future, by the way. We shall reign. Somebody say on the earth. We shall reign. On the earth, not for a short time, for a life. If we suffer with him, we will reign with him. I don't know about you, I'm excited for the reigning. Mm. The Bible says, Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne. The living creatures and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 10, times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Uh, read it again, verse 11. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels. Many angels around the throne. The living creatures, the elders. The number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Saying... With a loud voice. Worthy is the Lamb. Now all this happening on the throne room. The throne room is not just a chair. 
You know the picture of a chair in one small room? I'm talking about tens of thousands of thousands. Let me read it well. Verse 11, I think. Let's read what it says. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels. This cannot be a throne. This, this room is a big room. I don't understand what kind of room is this. And then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels. This cannot be a room. Many angels around the throne. Are you hearing church? Around the throne. The living creatures. And the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000. And th- how can I be in a room? There must be a big room. The throne room is not a very quiet room. The throne room is an encapsulation of the entirety of heaven. The throne room is not in heaven. Heaven is in the throne room. Uh, That throne room has everything God in the throne room. Are you hearing me, church? The throne room has... Oh God, I can't today. The throne... The throne... The... It took God six days to finish the entire world. Six days. But it took more than 40 days to make a tabernacle. Because the tabernacle is not in the world. The world is in the tabernacle. In fact, it would have taken more days. God had to chase um, Abraham and Moses and say, Go down, your people are beating a golden calf. Go stop them. How can the world... See, I've, have you seen the massiveness of the world? How can this world take God six days and he rested? But just a common tabernacle over 40 days. The throne room. It's not just a place with a chair. Heaven is in the room. It is in the throne with someone heaven. The angels are in the room. Are you hearing? The Bible reads in chapter 2 and 3. The 24 elders who had white robes which represent the church. The cherubims were in the throne room. How can you have 24 thrones around one throne? In one room. How can you have 10,000 and 10,000 and thousands of thousands in a room? The reason why, because John was trying to tell us that the heaven is in the throne and on the throne. Oh! What did the Bible say? The heaven is his, and the earth is. <laughs> the heaven is his throne. And the earth. So it sits on the throne in heaven and put his leg here. The throne represents heaven. Oh, God. So when you access the throne room, you access heaven. No time anymore. The Bible says in verse 13, and every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and such as are in the sea, and all that are in them, I heard saying, How can John hear things in heaven, things under the heaven, things under the earth, saying things in the throne room? 
in the throne room. You know the reason why? Because it is from the throne room he judges creation. From the throne room. Someone asked me, where was God before God created heaven? Let me tell you where God was. God was on his throne. <laughs> because the throne had to... Heaven was created. In the beginning, God created... But there was no creation of thrones in scripture. So God was on his throne before. God created creation from his throne. Oh. Heaven is not where he lives. Are you hearing me, church? On his throne, he said, heaven, come. Are you, are you feeling me? I, I don't have words. So that when you go into a prayer and, and, and have a little engagement with that throne room, you will see the heavens open up. Are you hearing? Oh. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth, such as us in the sea and all that are in them, are heard saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever. There were two people that were given honor. The one who sits on the throne and somebody said the Lamb. Therefore, if Jesus sits by the right hand of the Father and the Father is on the throne and we realize that, that heaven is on the throne, it means that Jesus and the Father are outside of heaven. Then the four living creatures said, Amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshipped him who lives forever and ever. Then you read on and you see the scrolls and you see the, uh, what the scroll meant. But ladies and gentlemen, hear me. As you look at the throne room, like I mentioned before, it's not just one little room. You put a chair and say, come God, come dwell. The throne room is the creative design and the creative genius of God. When God created creation, he created from his throne room. The throne room of God is his majesty. The throne room of God is his authority. The throne room of God is his power. It is from the throne room God judged the nations. Do you understand the Bible says in the end there shall be a great white throne judgment. It is from the throne God will judge the nations. We call it the great white throne judgment. Where unbelievers whose names are not written in the book of life are judged. Now for the next 10 seconds, hear me out. Ladies and gentlemen, the throne room is not one aesthetic thing with many lights and nice candles. It's not a place you put all your Jewish stuff. It's not a place where you, 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 it's not a place you make sacred. No, the throne room of God is the majesty of God. The throne room of God is that, is that space in God where in Vikes you to have a sneak preview of his majesty, of his glory. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah that in the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord seated on high on a throne and he was clothed with the glamoured with the purple robe. And in the book of Ezekiel chapter number 1 verse number 26 the Bible speaks about how Ezekiel saw the throne of God. There was a man in the scriptures by the name of, a name of 
of Stephen, the Bible says that this man, he was serving and they caught him and brought him before the sun entrance. And the Bible says this man by the name of Stephen was speaking to them about our God is the God of all ages. And at some point, the Bible says that the Pharisees were angry at him and they were about to kill him. And the Bible says he looked into heaven and he saw the heavens open to and fro. And then Stephen says, I see the Son of Man by the right hand of the Father. Ladies and gentlemen, hear me. Whenever you hear the word of throne of God, it's a place to come and obtain mercy. So the writer of Hebrews says, let us therefore come. We don't come begging. In the throne room, we don't pray. We obtain. Can I give me the scriptures again? Hebrews 4. The Hebrews I gave you. In the throne room we don't pray. We'll come and obtain. We come boldly. The word lambano means to take by force. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest. Is it the one I gave you? Verse 12. Let's see if I can get verse 12. If I can get verse 12. I think so. I'm not sure. Uh, not this one. Uh, is it 16? Let's go. Let's go quickly. Let us go, go verse 15 and 16. Let's see what verse 15 says. The Bible says in verse number 15. Bible says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we yet without sin. Then in verse number 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly. What? To what? You don't pray into that. You come into that. The throne of God is open. You don't pray for it open. Come into that. So John said, I saw the heaven open. It's open. The Bible says, let us therefore come boldly. Somebody say boldly. Boldly means you don't come to timing. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> Please, bring your prayer request on Sunday. Don't write, maybe, maybe not. Write what God says about you. Let us come boldly means that I know that God will do what he said. You know, you know there are times when you pray, you don't know you're 50-50. Maybe, maybe not. This Bible says come boldly. Bible says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain. Do you know what obtain means? When you read the scripture, obtain looks like maybe God. The word obtain is the word katalambano. From the word lambano. Which means we take it by force. I, I, I was preaching in Holland and I said yesterday, see the church, it is not Christians that take it by force. It is the violent. It is the violent that take by force. Some of you have become so saved and so Christian that you are begging for your inheritance. So when we come to this throne room of God, we'll come to obtain and find grace. What the Bible says, and find grace to help in the time of need. So when there was a need, I don't pray in the throne room. Oh Lord, do you have a need? Do you have a need in this house? 
In the throne room, it's not rapapapa. In the throne room, you come and you take. It's too easy for you to believe. That's the problem. Because you feel like you have to pray some fire prayers to, for what? Bible said to obtain me that it's yours already. Are you here in church? For about 10 seconds. You're going to close your eyes. You don't have to stand up. Sit where you are. The 24 elders dropped their crowns and they cried, Holy, holy by the creatures, holy. But your eyes are closed. This last moment, you don't want to miss it. This is an invitation to the throne room. Yeah, da, na, na. I ask you to sit down because I want you to concentrate. Yes. Close your eyes and enter the space that we enter into the holy of holies. We enter. Close your eyes. Spirit of the Lord, we ask, oh God, that we come boldly into the throne room to obtain mercy. In the throne room, there is deliverance. I promise you, if you enter the throne room now, whatever thing that has held you from before, they will give way. Lord, your throne room. Few more minutes, church. Don't hold it back. Don't hold it back. We enter your throne room where there is miracles, signs, and wonders. The throne room of God is where God will judge evil. God will judge that evil that fights against you. God will judge that sickness in your body. Bring your body to the throne room because God is judging it. Bring that sickness to the throne room because God is judging it. Bring that pain to the throne room because God is judging it. Bring that issue to the throne room because God is judging it. The throne room is open. Come and receive. Come boldly. Come boldly. You've got 120 seconds to go. Come boldly. 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 Ah, da 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 da. Stay there. Da 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 Shanamando kobe de de ya. Ya da 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 da. Ya da 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 da. Da da bakonde ya. Deva da da shafranda kada. Ya da 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 da. Don't stop. You're almost there. Da 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 da. Shere de. 
The heaven is open upon us. Holy Spirit of the Lord. Lord, your holy place. Lord, your holy place. Lord, we come boldly before the Lamb, before the Lamb, before the Lamb, before the Lamb, before the Lamb. We come boldly before the Lamb. Lord, heal our diseases before the Lamb. Lord, heal our pains before the Lamb. Lord, heal our minds. Before the Lamb, before the Lamb, oh, before the Lamb, the Lord is healing sicknesses, the Lord is healing diseases in His holy place, the holy of holies, Lord, heal our pain before the Lamb. Don't stop it, don't stop it, don't stop it. Come boldly and obtain your victory. Come boldly. Before the Lamb, 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 we honor you. We follow the Lamb. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. The one who was, who is, who is to come. Before Holy Ghost, 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 Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, yeah. Holy Ghost, yeah. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, before your throne, 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 before your throne. Before your throne, hey! Before your throne, hey! Before your throne, before your throne, we bow 
to your throne. We bow for your throne. Before your throne, Holy Ghost, your throne, your throne. Yeah, 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 yeah. sickness in your body on the throne is cancelling that disease from that throne is cancelling that sickness from that throne from that throne from that throne from that throne throne here to cancel every disease it's here to cancel every shame come boldly and obtain 
ungodly and obtain in the name of the Lord Jesus every evil that torments the life of men and women here by the reason of the power in the throne Lord send your righteous justice we come against every demon we come against every demon Jesus the lamb that was slain 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 the blood is against you the blood is against you the blood is against you Before I drop the microphone, while your eyes are closed, I saw the spirit of the Leviathan. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. The Leviathan that is here with seven horns. In the name of Jesus, at the count of three, close your eyes, everybody. At the count of three, one, two, three, out now. The blood is against you. Come out now. I command every Leviathan serpentine spirit. The lamb that was slain is against you. Jesus. Jesus. All over this room. In the name of Jesus. I see this demon hiding. Ah. Hiding band under the, under the spine. I'm calling you out now. That demon under the spine. I command you in the name of Jesus. Out. 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 